Hi, I'm Arthur Polino, and this is Beyond the Stars. And this t- mm-hmm. already fucked up. And today, I'm interviewing our producer and dungeon master here at Slay the Stars, Leah Hemrick. Uh, so, I guess go ahead and introduce yourself, what your social handles are, uh, all the other shenaniganery about you. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Well, I sip my cup of coffee. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Leah. Uh, like Arthur said, I'm the producer and dungeon master here. I am at Somnium Astri on Twitter and at World of Pure Imagination, I believe, on Instagram. I don't know. Shit, I don't use my on. own. I don't use my personal Instagram that much. <sighs> Instagram. Um, this is it's hard. <laughs> I don't. It use is. It, it is. I'm right. I think. You are World of Pure Imagination. Oh, there's an underscore. World, world, of, world pure of pure underscore. underscore imagination. Oh, no. It switched to a different story. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a horror movie nerd. I'm a book nerd. And I'm obsessed with tabletop games. That's basically my whole life in a nutshell. It's everything. So you're part of Slay the Stars and actually part of your, your social handle seems to be uh, Latin based. Uh, so yes. ha- you kind of are like either a, well, either both a history nut and a language nut. So how about you talk about that for a minute? Okay. Yeah. So I went to Penn State and I majored in classical studies. So for people who don't understand what that is, it's basically like Roman, Greek, Egyptian, history, languages, things like that. Uh, my main focus was on Latin language ancient Greek. I also did like Middle Egyptian hieroglyphics along with all of my history and art classes and stuff. So, uh, you know, people are always like, what are you going to do with that sort of a degree? This, you're going to make a a tabletop RPG podcast and make everybody read your weird Latin phrases. (laughs) (laughs) So you went from post-degree, what was your first venture into the world? Oh God. I, um, I went to work as uh, an academic advisor at a university that I'm not going to mention uh, that lasted for one year. It was awful. I then went back to school, got a degree in nutrition, uh, worked as a a dietetic technician for two years. Didn't love it because dealing with health insurance companies in the U.S. is terrible. Um, And then I became a librarian and I did that for three years. And then the pandemic happened and all the libraries closed and I ended up staying home with my kid and realized I like doing that. And so I've been doing that for the past two years, I guess. Is it three now? Three? Wait, when, when, did, when did the libraries close down? 2020, right? Yeah, they closed down in 2020. Yeah, so I it's went been up, so when, up on three years, yeah. When they reopened, I did go back for a little bit. So there was, there's like a buffer there. I, I quit. I left in like, it was like July of 2021. So it's been almost two years. So the libraries actually were how you got introduced to tabletops in the first place, right? It is. Yeah. There was a person who I became friends with at the library. They came frequently with their kids and uh, they had met you. Yeah, which is weird. (laughs) Through uh, a mutual friend of yours. And they convinced me to go to this person's house who I've never met before and play D&D, a game I'd never played with a bunch of people that I didn't know. Um, And I was not murdered. And I became friends <laughs> with all of you. <laughs> it was uh, t- twice removed friends at that point, meeting up and playing D&D. Yeah. 
so what was what was it like the first time? Because I know, a, I know a little bit. You were just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know these people. I don't, I don't know. And you sat there for like six hours, and then we had snacks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I got there, and I, so really funny. I got there. I sat down. I knew one person at the table, um, and <laughs> I just remember because Arthur was running the game. And I was so intimidated by you. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh God, he's so intimidating. I don't want to look stupid. And I ended up sitting directly next to Jen. Um, and Jen is a fairly quiet person in real life. And I was like, oh God, she hates me. I'm so annoying. Like, <laughs> this is so weird. But then by the end of the game session, I kind of understood the game a little more and I've been playing and I you know, was talking to everybody and having a good time. I just remember getting in my car. It was like three in the morning. Mm -hmm. and yeah, we played pretty late. Yeah. And because I we started at like 5.30 p.m. and did not quit until like 3 a.m. Maybe. <laughs> I know those game sessions used to run pretty long because then we started doing noon to midnight. Give or take. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. I, I, I miss it. There, I yeah. miss it a lot. But I got in my car. And I was just like wired. I wasn't tired at all. And I just remember thinking like, this is going to consume my soul. This is, this is my whole personality now. <laughs> so that was like your tipping point. You're like, I know what everything about me in the future is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I don't, I don't know how, and I don't know in what way, but this is now going to be a part of my life forever. And there are very few moments in my life where I've had that sort of a connection with something immediately, you know, like certain books, certain movies you watch and you just have that feeling. But like, this was the first time, like a game just like really grabbed me. So what made you take that first step is from a player to a DM? Was it necessity or was it just a desire to? So the first campaign that I ran on my own was Curse of Strahd. And I ran that because I wanted to start a D&D &D group at the library where I worked. And there was nobody else who, who was going to DM, right? Because like no, none of my coworkers played and I didn't even know how popular it was going to be. And, you know, I ran a couple sessions doing this and I fell in love with it. And we had so much interest in that group that we ended up having to start another group. So I was running two groups at the library. I was running Curse of Strut and Tomb of Annihilation. Um, and then the pandemic happened. And for a while, all of us really pushed back against playing online. We were like, we'll wait three months, six months, whatever. And then it became obvious that the pandemic wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were all a little insane and cooped up and we started playing DD like what six nights a week <laughs> it was it was a lot i know i just remember monday wednesday fridays for a while yeah yeah um which i look forward to a lot i just hated work in the morning yes well there were some nights where especially so my first homebrew campaign mm -hmm. when we started the first half of age of dragons um we would play until like two or three in the morning and then y'all would have to get up at like 6 a.m. for work. And I felt so bad. It was wild. Well, like the fights just, you had to finish them. You had to finish them, yeah. Well, we had, the, we, you had your two campaigns, which were Curse of Strahd and TOA, uh, Tomb of Annihilation, and you had Age of Dragons, which Age of Dragons only initially had three players. Yeah. Versus uh, Curse of Strahd and Tomb of Annihilation which had five or six each they had five each five each yeah. so what was the difference of running those kinds of games 
to smaller group versus bigger group and which one would you prefer? I like, I prefer smaller groups. Honestly, I think that the kind, so for the kind of Dungeons and Dragons that I play and I run and what we have moved towards playing this like really heavy character focused RP heavy style, it just makes sense for smaller groups, you know, like, especially you know, when you're talking about something like Slay the Stars, you're putting out hour-long episodes. We can't have critical role levels of RP four-and-a-half-hour episodes. That You know, it just it doesn't work, right? So scaling it down and having smaller groups makes sense. And as far as, like, I think what clicked for me was we were running Curse of Strahd, and it was going well, right? It was fine. We were – the book was progressing. It's a fine module for what it is. But I decided one day just to add an extra piece in. Just just like throw it in there, see what happens. And everybody latched onto it. And in those moments where it became more about the improv and it became more about like what the players are doing and less like what was going on in the book, I was like, oh, this is why people homebrew these whole worlds, right? Because the modules are great for what they are and they're a great guideline. But like when you can create something new and different together, that's like the magic. You were running all these games and you started experiencing a lot, a lot of 5e. So did in any of that time, did you run or play in any other uh, tabletop games or any other modules? So not at first. Um, It was mostly just 5e for the longest time. But starting just a couple years ago, maybe even like a year and a half ago, I've really branched out. I've been playing like Starfinder, played Pathfinder 1. I've played Pathfinder 2 now. I've played some Call of Cthulhu. Um, I've played a lot of indie games just from really cool people I've met, uh, especially on Twitter, other game developers and stuff. Um, And that has been extremely eye-opening because, I mean, obviously I love 5e. We play 5e. It's a great system. But there's so much other stuff out there. And even the games, like, I'm not a Pathfinder 1E fan. The game is a little too crunchy for me. That's not to say that I hate it, but it's just not for me. But there's there's interesting pieces to that game and how mechanics work that you can bring into other games um, to kind of fill in the blanks where things are sort of lacking. So I guess like the elephant in the room then would be how have you dealt with kind of the OGL backlash situation and what do you think about it going forward? I think that the whole situation was really kind of a a punch to the gut for a lot of creators out there. We were less an issue because podcasts weren't really under fire. This was more like for the virtual tabletops and for people who create Um, like actual content, uh, you know, supplements and things like that. But seeing what that did to a lot of these people who I've met, a lot of these friends I've made and how this threatened a lot of their livelihoods and stuff like it was, it was shocking and it was upsetting because I know that people are like, oh, you know, Wizards of the Coast isn't your friend, Hasbro isn't your friend. But like, it sort of, it sort of feels that way a little bit sometimes, you know, you get to see these same, these, these talking faces from Wizards of the Coast that come out and, you know you sort of get this like camaraderie feeling for them. And then these things happen. And obviously most of these people that I'm talking about had nothing to do with the controversy, but it, it's just kind of a slap in the face. Their reaction to all of that was initially very bad. And then it got a little better and then it got much better. 
If they had just jumped to the last step and put 5e into Creative Commons from the beginning, it probably would have been better. Mm -hmm. The fact that they did it at all, though, is a, is a huge positive, right? They did the thing that tried to save face. They did this thing that saves 5e for everybody. Who knows what's going to happen with 1D&D? &D? I've watched the interviews that they've put out recently trying to say that they're not planning anything crazy for 1D&D. &D. They're still planning to have open licensing, blah, 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 blah. We'll see. I think, like most people, I don't necessarily trust them yet. Right. Um, but what, what is it called? Trust but verify? Yes, exactly. Something like that. You know, I think I feel comfortable currently making 5e content because now that it's in creative commons there's literally nothing they can do about it um but as far as supporting one D, &D which is supposed to come out like what next year um supposedly yeah i just don't know when yeah like i i don't i don't know i don't know that's something we would have to talk about as a group it's not something that i would unilaterally make a decision on there's so many other systems coming out you know with um you know, Matt Colville making his own system, Project Black Flag that looks like it might just be like a D&D &D clone at this point. I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, there's there's definitely other options out there. Mythcraft uh, RPG coming out from Homebrew and Quasi Real Gaming. That's dope. Uh, so we are we have options. We have options if Wizards continues down the path of nonsense. Because the entire world of Slay the Stars, and I don't know if you've said this before, maybe not publicly, but it is built on a 5e system, like the way you've balanced and written the world. It is a problem. So it would be problematic to try to switch that to another system. It would be. that that And that is the main reason. Like, I know a lot of other podcasts and other creators who did swap immediately. And I was like, awesome. You, This is great for you, but we are in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the middle of our first season and everything is built on 5e and making that swap. Like I, I even, I said to you and Jen, you know, even if, if we have to do this, we'll do it, but it's going to take three to four months just to swap everything over before we can, before we can make this happen. Yeah. We have a backlog, but not that far. <laughs> not that far. We did. <laughs> we didn't have any backlog at that point in time. That was yeah, right that was in the bad, middle. That was a bad couple months. It was a bad couple months. So yeah, it was, uh, it was rough timing. They picked a really rough time to kind of shit the bed. <laughs> so what, what happened? Like when was the start of Slay the Stars? Like conceptually, when you thought about it, when you wanted to start it, what, what's the origin story as it were? Okay. So, um, for the idea of having a podcast, this is something that I have brought up sporadically within our group of D&D &D players, just annually, I would say. I would be like, guys, we should have a podcast. And then, like, gauge the room. And it always, they're like, yeah, okay, whatever, no, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, I would say beginning of 2021, I said it one day and I was like, guys, this is, we were playing Age of Dragons. And I said, this is so good. We are telling an amazing story right now. And somebody was like, yeah, like, it's too bad we didn't record this. And I was like, exactly. We should be podcasting this. And it was the first time that people didn't immediately say no. <laughs> people were like, huh, you know, it'd be a lot of work, but like, that might be fun. And I was like, mm. and from that moment on, it was just kind of like simmering, right? <laughs> it was just sort of simmering under the surface. Um, 
And there were so many iterations before I actually decided, you know, at one point in time, you know, this was going to be a podcast with five players. And then, you know, it was like, okay, we're going to take our old gaming group. And then things kind of imploded there and that didn't happen. And then it was like, okay, maybe I have a group and we'll do like, we'll find, we'll like audition people. And then we were like, ah, oh, we don't really want to do that. And then the one day I was just talking to you and Jen and I said, we should just do this with two people. Nobody does that. You know, I've, I've seen duos and I've seen large groups and average size groups, but like, what about just like a really solid two person campaign where we can get super deep into character stories. We can maybe have guests on at different times. You do collaborations with other people. If we want to bring in people to shake it up, but just give us a chance to tell this like really character focused story. And that probably happened like mid 2021. And from that point, it just sort of like caught fire and we were just off running at that point. I already knew at that point where I wanted to go with the story um, as far as like what the huge story was. But then I waited for the two of you to kind of talk about your characters to really fill out like the middle and like grittier details. Yeah. I mean, we've had, we had so many just voice calls in general about setting up the characters in the world. And then the idea of setting it up finally became realized. And then we contacted Isaac, who we interviewed last time yeah. for the theme music. Uh, do you want to talk to about how you set that up, how that conversation went? Because I know, I know. Uh, first of all, Isaac is brilliant. He is. Uh, and I know there's components of that theme song that are still not, have gotten to yet. Because you have very specific ideas of what you wanted. Yeah. And Isaac just kind of knew. Uh, so why don't you talk to us about how that conversation went and what kind of elements you sprinkled in? Okay. So... The conversation with Isaac was really funny because honestly, this, it was your idea to bring him in and get custom theme music. And I remember saying like, we don't have the money. I don't know. This is like a bad idea. And you were like, just talk to Isaac. <laughs> and I talked to him and after the first five minutes, I was like, oh my God, I love this person. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> He's so good. And he knows like, he's like, he's like getting me. Right. And I said to him, I said, look, like, uh, I'm going to tell you some like really big end game stuff right now. And you're going to be the only person who knows it. So if anybody else finds out, I know that it came from you, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I told him and he knows uh, two of the big reveals, um, including the thing that I am most excited for it to come out. So uh, yeah, I bet I, I remember like when we got the first draft back I was at uh Ace's soccer practice and you were like hey the, the first draft of the theme songs and I was like oh my god and I'm like downloading it on my phone and listening to it and I was like literally tearing up because it was so good how do you take somebody's words and ideas and turn them into this amazing soundtrack I don't know he's a wizard um he is he is so good he's so good yeah, and then the other idea was getting actual character art, like for oh, the yeah. characters. So then we brought in Cam, and then you've had conversations with Cam about our ideas versus like how you saw them too. So what what ideas did you throw at Cam really early on? And let her know what to put into it, like at all. I um. <laughs> so did, did Cam know about the lineage reveal? No, uh, no, she did not. I didn't tell her that. Um, when I when I talked to her, I didn't, 
I didn't give anything away. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what I told her because I think uh, it's too pointed. It's too pointed and will give something, it'll give things away that still have not been revealed. But uh, Cam is brilliant as well. Uh, I, her art is like, I, I knew what these characters looked like in my brain because the two of you had sort of described them to me and I had an idea of some things about them as well. But when I saw them actually rendered, I was like, they're, they're real, right? They don't, they don't just look like characters. They don't just look like illustrations from a book. Like these are the actual characters that were, they were in our brains and now they're actually on a screen <laughs> and people can see them. It, it, it's just, it's the wildest experience. Uh, and not even that, we actually have character art now, like fan art, I, which is just. I, I, I have no words. I have no words about that because seeing that the story that we're telling and the characters that we've put out there have inspired other people to create stuff. That is, that's like next level, right? If, like who cares about money or downloads or anything like that? If we can, if one person feels something while listening to our podcast and it inspires them to create something, we're successful. That's the goal. That's the dream, right? Touch people. Not that way. Well, <laughs> so let's step away Maybe from that, that entirely. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just step away from that entirely. Uh, well, actually, just D&D and tabletop in general. We're just going to take a step away. Okay, away from uh, that. I actually have uh, a couple quick questions from you. I'm not going to tell you who they're from. I'm going to oh, let God. you guess. Okay. Uh, question one. First of all, how dare you? Oh, it's Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, you beautiful, brilliant sociopath. Your yes. brain is terrifying and so, so entertaining. Full stop. <laughs> and mark that one off the list. Do you want to make out a little? Uh, this is the all jet. This is all jet. <laughs> and yes, yes, I do. How do you handle negative? I need my reading glasses, and I'm just reading that, realizing that now. You are like you look like a little old man. I can't. I see am a little the old words. man. So I, I can't away. see the words. <laughs> How do you handle navigating the fact that there are so many worlds already in existence, and balancing that with the story we're telling? I think the biggest hurdle that I and many dungeon masters have to get over is understanding that you are never going to tell a 100% uh, original story, right? So yes, there are other worlds out there and there are other things that are going to mirror what happens in your story, but it's never going to be the same because you have different characters, you have different players. People are going to approach things differently. So while it is a little intimidating to be bringing a podcast out set in a high fantasy, low fantasy, whatever you want to call it, setting, um, what we're going to do with it is going to make it special. What is your current estimate as to the number of times this story has changed since we first started talking about doing a podcast? We... So, okay, there are three phases to the story. <laughs> we are currently at the 
towards the tail end of phase one. Okay. I would say that phase one has had two very dramatic shifts and some slight things that have changed throughout the story. Um, As far as phase two and phase three, uh, there has been one major thing that has been changed so far about it, but the rest of it has maintained its general structure. And then part B of that question, how many times did it start as a direct result of some bullshit Zamira pulled? Almost every time. (laughs) (laughs) Almost every time. Although I will say that um, Char has his own way of creating chaos in the world. But Zamira's are much bigger and more explodier moments versus Char's more like understated um, kind of like shifting things in the narrative ever so slightly, like he's currently doing with Reese, which is fun and interesting to see. Yeah, very, very different approaches to the chaos of the world. Yes, one is finesse, one is explosions. What? <laughs> and I don't know if finesse is the right word. <laughs> it's a calm chaos. Yes. Uh, without spoilers, are there things you've made canon that you regret or wish was different? Honestly, not really. Um, I I don't believe in accidents. And I think that we have all been fairly um, careful about the things that we do or say in game. Um, and so even the things that I will say and then I'm like, oh, no, that kind of messes with us. And it's like, it's fine. We'll adjust. Um And I love the story we've told so far. So, no, I I mean, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything. Uh, Question eight. Uh, I apparently am missing question seven, so I have to go find that here in a minute. Uh, (laughs) Your players are brilliant. What's it like working with such talent? Huh. Wonder who asked that question. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Uh, I say it all the time to anybody who will listen that it is easy to look like a great dungeon master when you have great players at the table. And I think that the relationship goes both ways, right? Um, Improv is only good if, if all the parties are fully invested. Um, And this story, this game that we're playing, the three of us are all in, right? We talk about and think about this story constantly we're constantly messaging different ideas back and forth and working on things related to this project um and so i find myself constantly inspired by the ideas that you all pitch to me and what i see you doing at the table and it makes me want to be better and want to be more prepared and want to you know tell a great story she's being humble folks she's amazing (laughs) Do you have superpowers and what is the good slash evil spirit and how do you use them? Mm, do I have superpowers? I don't think so. Uh, I wish. And I don't understand the second half of the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every week we put out our new favorite episode, which yes. is your least favorite and your choice at explaining why or why not. Episode three. Episode really? three is the is the worst episode. And that's the only reason is because the audio balancing is off on that episode. (laughs) That's my bad. That's my bad. No, it's not your fault. Hi, Editing Arthur here. 
Joke's on her. That was my fault. We were, it was recorded on our first recording session. Like, we didn't know everything that we know now, right? So the only reason that episode three is my least favorite episode is because I've heard people say, like, hey, Shar uh, is too quiet in episode three, like, like 5,000 times. And now I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know Jen is on her full re-listen to most of this. So, and I have not had any negative notes and I don't know if she's doing that for me to, (laughs) for my very flimsy ego or if there's genuinely little problems, but I know that every episode that we have come out every week, especially when I'm editing it, I I am genuinely smiling the entire time. Same, same. And that's what I'm saying. Like when I have a thing in an episode that I don't like, it's generally because it's something that. I said that was stupid and I hear it or like something that I'm like, oh, like we should have done this a little different. But like, I'm going to this. I'm not going to be humble for a second. I don't think we've put out a bad episode. And so I don't have any episodes I hate. I love them all. They are all my children and I love them equally. <laughs> well, I mean, we're coming up on a year now. We are. It's weird. But you are, aside from D&D and tabletop, you are a horror junkie. I am. You go to, what's the convention you go to every year? Oh, Monster Mania? Yeah, talk about that a little bit. What's your experience with that? Oh my God. Okay, so Monster Mania uh, is a horror convention. Uh, horror movies, horror TV shows, whatever, actors come. It's just like everything else. But like, there is something different about the horror fandom, right? People are just, it's like a different breed when you're sitting in a room with like Roger Jackson, the voice actor who is like Ghostface or whatever. And he's sitting up at his little, you know, little table and people are asking him questions. And then all of a sudden he like whips out the Ghostface voice and says something really funny. And everybody in the room just goes crazy about it. Right. It's, it's just like a whole fun experience. Cause you know that you're in a room with a bunch of weirdos like you, who for some reason like to watch movies that scare you to death all the time. Uh, and like the vendors are wild, you know, people make the like, like gross bloody teddy bears and like, but that'll be like right next to like really cool, like creepy needlepoint and stuff. And like next to them will be like a, an indie horror author with like just racks of books that they've written. It's, it's just the best time. So what's the coolest thing you've picked up while you've gone to one of those? Is it just some (sighs) random merch? Was it a book? My favorite thing that I have ever picked up, I so as an aspire, aspiring writer myself, I love going to the horror author tables and just talking to the people who are there because, I mean, regardless of whether they're published by a publishing company or if they're self-publishing, they've published something. And just getting to that point is so hard as a writer to actually finish a novel. Um, and so, like, picking their brain. There's one author in particular. His name's John Wayne Communal. He is hilarious to talk to. His books are wild, though. I don't recommend them for the faint of heart. <laughs> they are, they're you know, a little gritty, a little gruesome. But right. they're fun. They're fun. They're, like, fairly short. Um, and talking to him is a blast. So, aspiring writer, hmm. what's uh, what are you working on right now? Can you talk about it? <sighs> Aside from, of course, Slay the Stars. So... I, (laughs) there is a project that I have had bubbling in my brain for like two months and I've only sat down and written just a couple paragraphs just to see how it felt. But, uh, so 
Kay, our number one fan on Patreon currently, uh, he and I play in a, um, a Call of Cthulhu game together. And our characters have this weird, like, Sherlock and Watson situation thing going on um, with, like, weird stuff happening in the periphery. And I said to him one day, like, these characters are so good. The story we've concocted for them is so good. This would make a great, like, mystery series. And I just sat down one day and started just, like, typing some stuff out. And I've never tried to write, like, a mystery before. That is not my genre. But it feels good. And I might actually write this thing. So, Nano 2023. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was a... um... Wasn't it like a 30-day writing challenge you participated in this year or this past year? Yeah, Nano NaNoWriMo. I try to do it every year. It's so hard. <laughs> so, like, how was your experience with that? Is that just a challenging thing? Or is there actually, like, things or, like, poetry or books that you've, like, gotten out of that that has better been incorporated in your stories? So, um, with Nano, the goal is to write, it's like almost 1700 words a day you're trying to write i guess like so then what is nano because yeah let's start with that so national novel writing month you try to write an entire novel in the month of november you write like 1700 words a day to get to like fifty thousand words at the end of the month um it's really hard it's really hard um and so this year i tried to get a bunch of people from the tabletop community together to do this and it started off really well obviously people like kind of fade off towards the end of the month because it's it's difficult but um i have never completed a whole book in nano that's too difficult but what i did do um this past year was i was working on a fantasy novel that i had uh been dreaming up for a couple years and I got to the point where I would say it's like three quarters done um and so I have not I have not touched it yet but I will say I'd like to finish it but I will say that our first bedtime story that Mm -hmm. you recorded came from that novel oh so interesting oh I'm interested yes I like the weird creepy fantasy Mm -hmm. stuff I mean in I kicked the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) I think that's a big problem when we're recording too, is just stuff everywhere. Stuff everywhere, bumping mics. It's (sighs) we're totally professionals. It's fine. Absolutely. (laughs) We don't make cuts to a two hour episode. (laughs) No, no, it's definitely not like the episodes are two hours long. We cut them down to an hour without issue. That's not something we do at all. Never. (laughs) (laughs) So you're a big, uh, you're a big book. I, I know that people can't see. I know where your bookshelf is it, okay. based on where yours. Yeah, it's that way. Yeah. Uh, so, what's your favorite either book series or like series of like ten books? They could be like ten favorite books, ten favorite series, like favorite authors, just in general. Like, we talk about it. Okay. 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 I have good answers for this. Okay. So, my number one favorite book series of all time is Dune. I'm obsessed. I read it for the first time that like when I was twelve. And ever since then, obsessed. I reread it probably over two or three years. Um, After that, I'm a big Stephen King fan. Lisey's story is probably my favorite of his standalone books, but The Dark Tower is my second favorite series of all time. You talk about that one a lot. The Dark Tower is genius. (laughs) 
if I had read it before I read Dune, it might switch spots. It's that good. Um, Stephen King is a is a genius, and The Dark Tower is his magnum opus. Um, but I am currently reading a manga series. You'll be so proud of me that that is um, vying for a spot in my top five favorite series of all time. I am currently on. This is the Promised Neverland. Yes, fourteen. It's, yes, I'm, that's amazing. I love it. It's so good. It's right. It's addictingly good. I've mm-hmm. the past two days, I've read two or three books each day because they're so <laughs> good. Um, the only thing that I'm sad about is there are only twenty of them, so I'm going to be done probably tomorrow at this rate. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that's the yeah. <sighs> Welcome to the rest of the world. Yeah. That reads manga. <laughs> it's oh, it's so good. But yeah, I think those are those are all my mentions for now. Those are my favorites. So what's the do you have any uh, like assuming you finish Promise Neverland and you have like no other authors coming up? Is there anything that you're looking forward to like picking up down the line? Um, or you got your eye on or like an author release? Yes. There is a book. Um, hold on. Let me look up the author name because I don't want to be that person. We can cut it in editing. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a book, um, that came out in 2019 called House of Salt and Sorrows by Aaron A. Craig that I loved. I had to buy that book like six times because I kept just giving it to people. I would be talking about it and they'd be like, oh, it sounds really good. And I'd be like, take this. I was like, I was like uh, the quest giver, like an NPC in a video game, just like handing this book out to people. Uh, well, the second book is coming out or it's, it is out. Is it out now? It is out now, maybe, or coming out. Regardless, I don't know. It's either coming out very soon or it's out now. I can't wait to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited. So let's switch to a different medium entirely. Okay. Uh, Movies and TV. Very different kind of writing styles. Like what's what's your go-to when you're you're watching TV and films? I'm going to be honest. I used to watch a lot more TV than I watch currently. I spend entirely too much time with tabletop games now <laughs> to have to have as much time as I did with TV. That being said, when a new fantasy series or a new sci-fi series gets very popular, I will generally try to watch it because I like to stay up on the things that are good that I also enjoy. So like House of the Dragon, I put it off for a couple months, but then everybody kept nagging me. Eventually I watched it, you know, very good. Uh, that's sort of been my experience with TV. Um, Obviously, The Legend of Vox Machina is just perfect television. It's so good. And the problem is now, whenever I go to watch something new, all I want to do is re-watch The Legend of Vox Machina <laughs> because I want to keep seeing all the little spoilers and I want to keep seeing all the little things and be like, oh, they're so smart. Oh, look at that facial expression that they're making in the background. I am obsessed. I'm obsessed. Um, Yeah. 
I know we're really excited for the next couple seasons. Oh, I'm just I'm general. dying. I need it now. I need it now. And there's so much good stuff. I uh, I just caught up with Campaign 3 of Critical Role because I need to be caught up. I can't not be caught up. Big things are happening. No spoilers. But, like, I think that Matt's going to do something really crazy in his world. Um, and then they drop the bomb. He's now going to be on Dimension 20. <sighs> Too many things. There's too many. That's what I'm talking about. Tabletop stuff. I, I, who has time? Who has time for anything else? All I have time for is listening to cool podcasts, watching cool TTRPG games. That's all I do anymore. It's my whole life. But but Scream 6 is coming out. That Ooh. is exciting. March 10th. I will be there. I don't know. Yeah. So. <laughs> You'll be first in <laughs> So with Ace, uh, your son, how does that, is there TV shows that you put on? You're like, I hate this. I don't want to watch any more of this, but I have to put it on. All of them. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, there, so I will, I will get him into things that I like and I'll be like, this is perfect. Like he, he got into like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He'll get into like Sonic and I'll be like, dope, you know, I'm, just, I'm like rubbing off on him. He's like getting these things and then he'll find like newer versions of this stuff. And he'll be like, hey, mom, look, there's like a new Sonic cartoon. He'll turn it on and it's straight trash. Just like not good. And and then I'm like offended by it because you've taken something <laughs> I love and you've made it bad. <laughs> I would almost rather watch like like the dumb other things like, you know what? I'm not I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> so I'm not going to say she chose violence very quickly. Listen, Ryan's world is really painful. And I hope <laughs> it's bad. Uh, that's not even blipped on my radar. I don't even know what that is. Oh, my God. So Ryan's world. He's that kid. He was like, I don't know, six. His parents put him on YouTube unboxing toys. And then he got like billions of views and made all the YouTube money. And then he he now like has his own show where they have like animation and stuff like that involved. He, I think the kid's like 12 now. I don't know. I've. I've never even. I'm gonna pretend. I'm, nope. I'm just gonna go back to oblivion then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's painful. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was amazing. Like so good. If you get him into that. Yeah, I mean, like that kind of stuff isn't too bad. Um, I got him to watch like the old movies from like the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And he loves the second one, which so do I. The Secret of the Ooze is the best of the Turtles movies, and when Vanilla Ice is singing the turtle rap. <laughs> And, <laughs> and mom and Ace are dancing together. That's like peak bonding time, right? Go ninja, go ninja, go. It's, 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 it's the best time. Because <laughs> uh, you guys would sit down. I remember you texted me not too long after you finished one anime. And it's the only anime that I've, you've told me that you finished, which was uh, Snow White with the Red Hair. Oh, yes. I, listen, I've watched Because you lot. watched that together. We did, yeah. I, I've been... One of the things that I was trying to do uh, with the anime stuff was trying to find things that were, like, tame enough that Ace could watch with me. And... It's hard sometimes. Yeah. Like, so... I love it, but it's hard. Yeah, so we watched Snow White with the Red Hair, which I fell in love with that. I watched it and then I read the manga too because it was so good. And uh, we watched Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. I love that show. Which was so funny. So funny. Um, but also I liked a lot of the darker animes that I was recommended. 
like uh, Goblin Slayer. <laughs> can't have Ace watching that. Death Note can't have Ace watching that. So, you know, gotta be careful. Uh, once I finish the Promise Neverland manga, I'm gonna watch the um, anime, but probably only season one. Only season one. I beg. Of oh you. no! Why is it really bad? But based on, you know, the manga, I don't think Ace should watch this with me because, you know, children getting eaten. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not. He he keeps trying to look over my shoulder to read the manga, like to look at the pictures. And I'm like, you can't look. Go away. You can't see this. So how old is Ace? Talk about him a little bit. He is five. He is a handful. Um most of that's probably my fault because he's like a sponge and just soaks up my personality, but he's five and has no filter. So he's like an unfiltered version of myself, which oh God. that's not a mirror you want to look into every day, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> uh, but no, he's super smart and he's hilarious to be around. So I'm lucky. I got a good kid. Yeah. Yeah, you do. He's all, he's stupid smart. He's, really. Yeah, he is. And now that he had, he, he just had to get glasses like two weeks ago. So he just oh. he looks like a little nerd. Don't tell him, but he's like a cute little nerd and he can actually see now. So like that, he's just going to get smarter. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would help just a little bit. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell everybody so everybody can know what a horrible parent I am. So for the longest time, we would be reading books at night. And he'd be, like, leaning forward. His head would be, like, on the paper. And I would be, like, pushing his head. Like, get, what are you doing? Back up. Like, what? And it never dawned on me that maybe he was doing this because his vision was bad. Until he got his eyes checked in school. And they were like, hey, he needs glasses, like, really bad. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh. Yeah, got him glasses, and now he, for some reason, doesn't have to put his head on the book anymore. It's wild. Such benefit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So, jumping back to Slay the Stars a little bit. Uh, how long do you foresee... We're in the middle of season one, yes. basically. Like, we have potential for other seasons. Yes. Uh, we've talked about the future of the world. How long do you foresee this part of it with Shar and Zem go on? How long do you think? So assuming neither of you die before you get to the end of what I think this story is. And also slight spoilers, uh, probably not by the time this goes out. You just leveled up at the end of episode 44 uh, to level seven. The goal was always to take you to at least level 20. Um, based on that timeline, we could have, you know, two, three years of Zem and Char. We could also speed it up depending on, you know, how the story is progressing and where we are. And it might only be another year and a half or so. Um, but for me, I just, I want to do the story justice. So um, those are just estimates. I really don't know. Uh, you guys could do some crazy stuff and end up jumping to the end of this campaign really fast and dying horrible deaths. And we might only have a couple months. That's fun. <laughs> so it, it really depends. So you as a player, what is your least favorite class and most favorite class? And has that changed? It has changed. Okay. So before Slay the Stars, before my TTRPG obsession 
went off the charts and I started playing way too many. Um, I used to tell, <laughs> I used to tell everybody my favorite class was a bard and my least favorite was a rogue. And that was true for a really long time. But both of those things have been unseated. If we're talking strictly 5e, my favorite class is monk. It's so much fun. And it is the only class that I feel compelled to play over and over and over again. I love it so much. Um, least favorite class, straight warlock. I just don't jive with it. I, I think part of that is because of my personal play style. I like to push the button. I like to do a little bit of chaos. And when I only have two spell slots, it severely limits <laughs> my chaos potential at any given moment. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. You are very super chaotic in general. I think it's because I store it up, right? I run a lot of games and all the chaos gets stored up inside of me. And then I finally get to play and I unleash. I unleash the chaos. <laughs> So I'm going to do a little bit of a speed run here. Mm. Uh, all right. Ready? Yeah. All right. Just off the top of your head. First thing you think of. Favorite color? Green. Favorite song? <gasps> you know what? That's an interesting. Drilled a wire through my cheek by Blue October. Weird. It ju that, that just popped into my wow. head. Done. That's a super off the cuff. It was. I, I didn't even expect that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Where the hell was the list? Um, if you were to have the ability to get one superpower, what would it be? <sighs> oh, that's so hard. Flying. Flying? Fly. Flight? Yeah, flight. Okay. If you change it in the next five minutes, let me know. Okay. Uh, what goes on to a pizza? What does not go along on a pizza? Okay. Uh, always mushrooms. What doesn't go on a pizza? I'm not a fan of, like, anchovies. Other than that, I'm kind of, like, all in. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, most favorite pizza like uh, what's your go-to choice if you're just like all right we got 10 minutes we'll go pick it up okay i like ham mushroom sometimes pineapple a little spinach those are my toppings okay. all right all right uh favorite character from it could be from any uh media oh my god that's so hard i'm looking at my bookshelf yeah, this is why it's part of the speed round. I don't want you to think too much about I it. I know, but I that's so that's so difficult. Um uh, 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 um what is it? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna give a controversial answer, but like here it comes. I know that people don't really like uh the sort of truth series from Terry Goodkind, because Terry Goodkind was a questionable human being. <laughs> but that series when I first read it when I was younger, I loved it. And um, that coupled with the series that ABC did, which was, I think, fantastic. I love Kaylin Amnell in that book. She is amazing. Uh, and I'm going to pick her. I'm going to pick her right now. Three wishes from a genie. You cannot pull the bullshit where you can write a bunch of things on a piece of paper and wish for that piece of paper, everything to come true. Can't pull that shit. But what are your three wishes? Um... Enough money so that I, nobody ever has to work again. <laughs> nobody I love ever has to work again. I'm, we're bailing everybody out. <laughs> it's going to be great. That you love specifically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, 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 I want, like, I want the ability 
this might actually be my superpower also. I want the ability to be able to like freeze time, but not so like I'm frozen so that I can be like, oh, it's four o'clock. I need to get something done by six. Time stops. I now have unlimited time <laughs> to get to accomplish whatever I need to do before six o'clock. So I want. So the click remote. Yeah, yeah. I want the click remote. I want, <laughs> but none of the bad side effects. <laughs> I want, I want that. Um, and then I want, oh, I want my island. So I'm, I'm going to get an island and it's going to be really big. And I'm going to partition the island, but like in a pie so that everybody has beachfront property. And then I'm going to take like my 10 to 15 favorite people and we're all going to have little bungalows on the island. But in the center of the island, there's going to be like a rec center where we all go and play D&D once a week. And that's sort of like, that's the, that's the thing, right? You can come live on my island. I give you all the money. You can do whatever you want for the rest of your life. But the only thing you owe me is one D&D night a week. <laughs> That's my third wish. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, what is your theme song? Not your favorite song, but what song is just like, all right, that's that sounds like my theme song. Lately? Um, oh, God. These are, t- these are hard questions. Why do you think I put them on the speed? Oh, God. Um... What's something I've been listening to a lot lately, especially when I get up in the morning? I'm not going to lie. I've been back on my metal, my metal shit lately because I've been, I've been real stressed. So uh, I'm going to say that it's either something from in this moment because I've been listening to them a lot, maybe like Sick Like Me or Roots by In This Moment, just like something real angry. <laughs> Just just all the anger. Just that's my theme song. Yeah, right just now. jump out of bed and be headbanging already. That's my life. Yeah. I'm scared now, Get the blood But it's pumping. fine. <laughs> uh coffee or tea? Used to be coffee. Um, but after I had surgery in November, I gave it up. So now it's tea. Tea all the time. Favorite tea. Uh it used to be spearmint tea, but now I have found a love of like peach green tea. What is the most obscure fact that you have found most, like the most outrageous fact you found out throughout your life that you just think about constantly? Mm. Honestly, it's probably just something related to the existence of black holes. Every time I sit down and think about black holes and what they are, what they could potentially be, what they mean for us, the fact that we just found out that we're like a lot closer to Sagittarius A, like the nearest black hole to us than we originally thought. Um, all of these things, uh, things that I think about all the time. <laughs> okay. Favorite animal? Owl. Least favorite animal? Something reptile Snakes, maybe. Really? Yeah, I'm not, not a fan. Uh, I don't think that they can love me, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you don't like I think they just want to bite me. Listen, I have a legitimate, <laughs> I have a legitimate concern, okay? Like, one of my cousins used to have this snake that would escape into their house all the time. And I was just like, that is the scariest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And I never recovered from it. Can you imagine losing a boa constrictor in your house and just be like, there's a snake in the wall somewhere? No, no. 
No, thank you. <laughs> Aside from the boa constrictor, what's your biggest fear? Um, the ocean. Really? Yeah, I mean, as somebody who likes to go to the beach and look at the beach, the idea of being in the open ocean. No, you can't see. You don't know what's down there. You know what's down there. You know what's down there? Sharks. Yeah, sharks, Cthulhu, all those things down there somewhere. Yeah, Cthulhu's probably fine. Uh, prob- probably fine. Isn't he asleep? Like, that's the whole shtick? Listen, yeah, or no. maybe. Wait, the gods are asleep. Hold on. It's been a minute since I've read Cthulhu. <laughs> Listen, all I know is I don't need some shark deciding to chomp me or like a you know giant well, squid sharks trying are to the puppies of the tickle sea. my feet you? while I'm I'm floating around. No, thank you. No, thank you, sir. <sighs> oh, the ocean. It's a good answer, but I hate that you brought shark. How dare you? <laughs> you can only bring five things onto an island. It's deserted. What do you bring? Um. Okay. Something to start fires with, like a lighter or something. Um, something to hold water in, like a pot or something so I can boil water. That's important. Uh, like a big, thick blanket that I can use as either a, a shelter or as a blanket. Important. Uh, sunscreen, because I am a pale ghost person who is susceptible to melanoma. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, Dice. I, I need dice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's what we're going with. Those are my five things. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. I think that was all of the, the, oh, uh, the big one, which is uh, hot dog. What do you put on a hot dog? Go-to choice. You can put anything on a hot dog. Chili and cheese. Simple. Easy. Delightful. Ooh. Uh, favorite dessert? Pie. Of some sort. Maybe apple. I like an apple pie, but cherry pie might be my favorite too. So do, or is it like a rotating favorite flavor of pie? Yeah. I, I mean, I do think that it's a little seasonal, you know, kind of get in the mood for whatever tastes the best in the moment. All right. Well, uh, so what do you, that's the end of the speed run questions. Woo! I had a couple that I forgot to run down. Um, <laughs> so is there anything coming up? Not, maybe not necessarily uh, D&D or Slay the Stars related that you're really excited for? Aside from, I know one. Should I tell? Should I? I okay, so I'm not going to give all the details. But, um, and I mean, the thing I'm most excited about is Slay the Star stuff. So I'm just going to talk about it. Of course. So in May, we are having our one year celebration. And um, we have one giveaway confirmed already. I don't know if I want to say what it, I'm going to say what it is. I'm going to say what it is. So. I can always cut it later. No, I'm not going to say it. So I had some custom dice made uh, for myself, Jen, and Arthur. And I also had a fourth set commissioned that we are going to give away in May to one lucky fan so that they will have a matching set of dice to us. It's going to be so excited. And it's the only four that we they've made, yes, right? Yes, there will only be four. So uh, exclusive. Um, also that month if everything goes well and it gets recorded so nobody be mad at me if it doesn't happen but we should be releasing our first big slay the stars collaboration on our own channel uh towards the end of may at least the first episode of it and uh i'm not gonna say who but there are people from up to maybe three different podcasts joining us so everybody just wait in suspense 
It's going to be wild. Suffer and suspense. Suffer and suspense. So I think those are the things that I am, I am the most excited about right now. It's going to be good. All right. Any final thoughts, questions, qualms, concerns, conundrums, befuddlements? <laughs> I don't think so. Honestly, this whole thing has been so much fun. And I am just jazzed that we get to spend time creating this amazing story that people seem to like. And uh, I can't wait to see where it goes from here. All right. So where can people find you on the socials? What are, what are they? Aside from, so we have the Twitter and the Instagram up top. Uh, we also have slaythestars.com, yes. which you, you run and you maintain. Yes. Uh, the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash slaythestars. Correct. And then do we have, we have a TikTok too, right? We do. We're at slaythestars on TikTok. Um, we don't do a lot of TikToking, although Arthur, the genius, got us little things to connect to our mics that I don't understand, but it makes it so that our phones don't destroy our microphones and we might be able to actually... <laughs> create more tiktoks now um so you know follow us on tiktok at slay the stars and maybe there will be more tiktoks we are recording this weekend so maybe we'll try to make a tiktok (laughs) yeah because at at time of this recording we are going to record probably up to 48 which means we'll have all we'll have our 52nd episode recorded before the end of march march because we're recording again at the end of march yeah because we try to yeah so is there something special you have planned for 52 or is it just going to be wherever it falls is where it's going to happen? So I have a plan and I very much would like to get there by episode 52, but uh, no spoilers, 45 is going to change everything. She's been saying this for a minute and it's killing me. It's Listen, it's killing me. <laughs> I don't know. How do I prepare for 46? I can't because whatever you do in 45 is going to, it's going to change the whole game. It's going to change it. it, You know, not, um, not to overhype this. This is the biggest turning point in the, in the campaign so far. What you do in episode 45 is going to change everything about the story. So. Yeah. And best case scenario, if it doesn't and we all die, I can cut this bit out of the interview. Yeah. So, I mean, or, major benefits there. Yeah. Or we can leave it in and people can laugh at us later. <laughs> Something tells me they're going to laugh at us anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, that's fine. You know? <laughs> Everybody, that's, you know, I'm I'm the class clown. People can laugh at me. Yeah. All of us. That's a dangerous combo. It Everybody's is. Everybody's the class clown. It is. Uh, oh, it's no. not shocking, though. It's not shocking. Oh, no. <laughs> I think, uh, I think uh, D&D kind of attracts those types of people. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Here we are. It's like that TikTok where it's like, I thought we were all gay and sad together. It's like gay, sad, and class clowns. That's it. That's that's the whole community. <laughs> that's all of us. Oh, good God. But anything else you want to say to our viewers? This is the last, this is the end of the interview. What uh what you want to say? What you want to do? No, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening and supporting us. And if you want to get goofy stuff like this and see our behind-the-scenes content, definitely head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash slaythestars. Uh, we literally just released pictures of our pets there, exclusive. Uh, and if you're curious what sort of pet Arthur has, just go check it out. The picture, The picture is good. It's a great picture. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's all I got. 
You said with the most seething sarcasm <laughs> in the world. It's Arthur's just, pet. His, yep. his pet. Mm-hmm. His pet. It's a great, it's a great pet. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Leah, everybody. thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Bye, everybody. Slay the Stars every Tuesday at noon. Go to slaythestars.com to find more. Persomnia at Astra. Stay tuned.